Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about the wisdom of Abigail. Welcome back to another episode. I I want to apologize for uh, this episode not being aired on Friday. Uh, for whatever reason, the audio did not save. It did not transfer. It didn't. It didn't do what it needed to do. And so I'm I'm gonna uh, re-record this. And and this is uh, I guess this is take two on the wisdom of Abigail. You know, I got the opportunity to to talk about this at an SYS about uh, about two weeks ago now, and uh, got to to share with the teens there and share with uh, the adults there as well uh, the the story of Abigail and of Nabal and of David, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to share it with you. I, I think this is a story that is uh, not always talked about very much, that Abigail is not talked about very much, and, and that's okay. I, I think we ought to talk about Jesus a whole lot more than we talk about anybody else, but I also think that there can be a lot of wonderful insights gained from from this story. And so we're going to be in First Samuel chapter 25, and, and I'm just going to kind of tell the story and then provide a few practical applications. So 1 Samuel chapter 25, in verse 1, says, Now Samuel died. And David had been traveling with Samuel and had found refuge with Samuel and had been a part of uh, Samuel's retinue, or, or Samuel had been a part of David's retinue, or whatever, however that worked out. But they had been traveling together, and, uh, and, and Samuel had, in some senses, kept David safe. Well, with Samuel having passed on, David is kind of on his own. Uh, he's he's got about six hundred men that are with him, but but certainly not enough to to hold back the army of Israel, the army that Saul has, and uh, and and he is he's out wandering, and it says that he's in the wilderness of Paran, and there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel. The man was very rich; he had three thousand sheep and a thousand goats, and this man's name, as we find out, is is Nabal. It says in verse 3, the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And the, the descriptions of these two characters, I think, are, are very important to what, what I want to talk about today. And so it, at the end of verse 3, it says, the woman, talking about Abigail, the woman was discerning and beautiful, but the man was harsh and badly behaved. And, and as we think about these two characteristics, you know, my, my understanding is that Abigail is the only woman in the Bible that is described as, as discerning and beautiful. And, uh, and, and this is a woman who, who seeks after God's will and who seeks to do God's will. And we'll, we'll see that here in just a little bit. And so David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So he had come up into the area that David was in, uh, to shear his sheep. And David sent 10 young men and said, I want you to go up to Carmel, verse 5, and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus you shall greet him. Peace to you, and peace be to your house, and peace be to all that you have. I hear that you have shears. Now your shepherds have been with us, and we did them no harm, and they missed nothing all the time they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever you have at hand to your servants and to your son, David. All right, so uh, David and his men have been around uh, Nabal's sheep tenders. They have been around uh, the, the men who are taking care of 
his sheep. Uh, they have been around uh, providing comfort, providing security, providing all sorts of things for the shepherds of Nabal. And and David hears that Nabal is in town, and not only that, but but they're having a feast. It's a feast day, David says. And so, so David sends 10 young men to go up to Nabal, and, and he petitions for whatever they have on hand. He petitions for food for the 10 young men as well as for David himself. So this is not David asking for food for the 600 men that he has with him. This is David asking for a small portion of food, just as kind of, a, at least as I see it, a recognition of the work that, that David has done, of the safety that he has provided, of of really making sure that all of Nabal's belongings and possessions and, and servants have been well-kept and well-tended to. And so then we move on to verse 9. We, you know, I, I think I think David's question, David's response, David's uh, petition is is very kind and generous. You know, peace be to you, peace be to your house, peace be to all that you have. Well, David's young men came, and they, they said all this to Nabal in the name of David, and then they waited. In verse 10, it says, And Nabal answered David's servants, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants these days who are breaking away from their masters. Shall I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shears and give it to men from whom, uh, men who come from I do not know where? So pay attention there to the, to the words that Nabal is using. He uses the word I a lot. He uses my and me, and it's, it's very self-centered. It's all his stuff. It's his things. And as he talks about David, he, he mentions that, that many servants have left their master's employ and, and, uh, and, and they're breaking away. Well, David left the, the service of Saul because Saul was trying to kill him. <laughs> Threw two spears at him and has chased him uh, re- relentlessly now for, as we read it, a couple of chapters, but, but for quite some time. And so it, it seems that Nabal is a servant of Saul. And that he does not respect that David has left the service of Saul or the service of the king. Because he knows who David is. He mentions Jesse, David's father. He knows who he is. And so these young men, they, they hear this message and they go back. They bring it back to David. And in verse 13, uh, we, we see David's response to hearing Nabal's response. David said to his men, Every man strap on his sword. And every man of them strapped on his sword. David also strapped on his sword. And about 400 men went up after David, while 200 remained with the baggage. So all their stuff had to be tended. So a a third of the men stayed back with all of their things. And two-thirds of the men went forward with David. And it says they strapped on their swords. Well, they're not there for show. Those those swords are used uh, for, for certain things, namely killing. And so they were going up to Nabal, and they were going to exact vengeance on Nabal for, for his rude response. And then we get to verse 14. This is where Abigail comes in. You know, we, we read earlier about Nabal that, uh, that he was a harsh and badly behaved man, and we, we see that here in his response. But in verse 14, it says, One of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife. Now, this is, this is a servant of Nabal. Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to greet our master, and he railed at them. Yet the men were very good to us. And we suffered no harm, and we did not miss anything when we were in the fields, as long as we went with them. They were a wall to us both by night and by day, all the while we were with them keeping the sheep. 
Now therefore know this and consider what you should do. For harm is determined against our master and against all his house. Now stopping right there, that, that seems like a you know, a relatively decent thing to do. You go over to, you know, Nabal has already said this. And so he, he goes to, to Abigail and talks with the, uh, to, to the wife of the master of the house and tells her all these things, tell her, tells her what's happened and, and, and says, listen, you, you might want to know this. You might want to be aware of what's happened because Nabal railed at these men. He, you know, they, they were kind to us. They were nice to us. They were very good to us. In fact, we kept all of the things that we were supposed to keep because they were a wall to us. They protected us. And Nabal railed at them. And so you, you want to determine what you should do because harm is determined against our master and against all his house. Right? So stopping right there, like that, that seems like a good response. It seems like a good thing to say, but, but this servant goes on and he says at the very end of verse 17, he says, and he is such a worthless man that one cannot speak to him. Now, when you think of a, a master and a servant and the, the, the way that they are to talk about and to one another, for a servant to call the master worthless says something about the master. Does it not? Nabal was a worthless man. He was harsh. He was badly behaved. He was worthless. He couldn't do anything good or right. And then we get to verse 18, and we see, Ab- we see Abigail's response. It says, Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves and two skins of wine and five sheep already prepared and five sayas of parched grain and a hundred clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and laid them on donkeys. And she said to her young men, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. Now, a couple things here. So she, we, as we read on, we see that she takes all this. She meets David. She bows, she bows to him, in in humility. And you know, David, it it, it says that David had put a curse on himself, in essence. If if all of if any of Nabal's men and if if any of Nabal's house were to be alive by the end of the day then David's curse was that his enemies, that the, that the enemies of David would benefit, that they would be fruitful, that they would, have, um, they, they would have more than what they had before. And so David is is intent on destroying the house of Nabal and killing everybody. And, and Abigail has sent all of this on, and, and she goes, and in verse 23, it says, Abigail saw David. She hurried and got down from the donkey and fell before David on her face and bowed to the ground. So she shows some humility there. She show, she shows humility. She showed kindness as she prepared all of these things. And, and in all of this is her wisdom, her discernment of knowing the right thing to do. And in verse 24, it says, She fell at his feet and said, On me alone, my Lord, be the guilt. Now, that's a weird thing to say for someone who is guiltless in this story because it was Nabal that railed at them. It was Nabal that is worthless. It was Nabal that did all these things. But Abigail says, on me, on me be the guilt. And and we move forward here. And she says, please let your servant speak in your ears and hear the words of your servant. Let not my Lord regard this worthless fellow Nabal. All right. So first it was the servant. Now it's his wife. His wife is calling him worthless. She says, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. 
Nabal's name means folly, and it seems that he lives up to that name, or rather down to that name. And so Abigail, uh, in essence, convinces David to not go and to not kill all of Nabal's house, but rather that the Lord will avenge. In in verse uh, 28, it says, Please forgive the trespasses of your servant, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord. And evil shall not be found in you so long as you live. So basically, Abigail is saying, Listen, David, you are fighting you are fighting God's battle, and evil cannot be found in you. So do not do this thing. Forgive the trespasses of your servant. Forgive Nabal. It says in verse 29, If men rise up to pursue you and to seek your life, the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living, in the care of the Lord your God, and the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the hollow of a sling. So anyone who tries to pursue David is not going to succeed. They're going to fail. And when the Lord has done to my Lord, according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you prince over Israel, my Lord shall have no cause of grief or pangs of conscience for having shed blood without cause or for my Lord working salvation himself. So that right there, that phrase, working salvation himself, is is a key part of Abigail's argument here. She is convincing David that it is not up to David to work salvation himself, but rather it is the Lord's job. It is the Lord's job to cause vengeance to happen, to cause justice to happen, to do all of these things. And in verse 32, David responds to Abigail and he says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you to this day to meet me. Blessed be your discretion and blessed be you who have kept me this day from blood guilt and from working salvation with my own hand. For as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has restrained me from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me truly by morning, there had not been left to Nabal so much as one male. Then David received from her hand what she had brought him, and he said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have obeyed your voice, and I have granted your petition. So David listens to the wisdom, the discernment of Abigail, he leaves there with, with what Abigail had brought. Abigail goes back home knowing that her family is safe, knowing that the servants are safe, knowing that she is safe. And when she gets home, she's she's going to tell Nabal, but she realizes that Nabal is very drunk. You know, having the feast that they had had, uh, she, he, he's very drunk. He's unwilling and unable really to understand anything that's going on. And so she waits until the morning until it says the wine has gone out of him. And then she tells him what happened. She didn't nag at Nabal to do what was right. She didn't try to force him to do what was right. She didn't sit there and just just berate him for doing what was wrong. She went and she did what was right. She knew the right thing to do and she went and did it. And when it was time to tell Nabal, she told him. And it says, it says in the scriptures that his heart, his heart became as stone. And I think that is an, an absolutely an interesting thing to read about uh, because because Nabal had, had done had done this awful thing to David. Abigail has done this great thing for David, the thing that she ought to do. But he feels betrayed. It says his heart died within him and he became as a stone. And in verse 38, it says about 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. So the Lord did get his justice. The Lord did get vengeance. And eventually, 
uh, David ends up taking Abigail as his wife as well, and, and he takes care of her. He provides for her, and um, and and I I think Abigail is is such a a wonderful example for us. You know, when she took all of that guilt on her, it it reminds me as I think about it, it, it reminds me of of Christ because Christ took all of the guilt on us. He he took all of our guilt. He he said said to God, you know, I if if this cup can let it pass from me but but if not it's your will that i'm going to do you know and he went on the cross and he took all of our sins he took all of our burdens he took everything that we had done wrong and on the cross he crucified it i think abigail is an example of how we can do that in our everyday life even if something is not our fault or we didn't cause it we can still try and do that which is right and that which is good so i hope that you will leave Having heard this this podcast, the the one that was supposed to go out on Friday, again, I apologize for that. But I hope that you can can leave this knowing that you ought to do good no matter what. That your responsibility as a Christian is to do that which is right, that which is pleasing in the eyes and in the sight of God. And not worrying about what others may do or what others have done, but rather you doing what is right. You showing the discernment that you ought to have. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And please listen just a little bit longer so you can hear how you can help us. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a an opportunity for you to help us financially through a, through a store uh, via Kim's Closet. And you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a, uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be... Uh, posting in, in each of our episodes and we just hope that you will uh, that you'll reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it and that way you can spread the word without having to say a word so we appreciate you thank you all have a blessed week